It's good morning. Good to see you. It's uh, exciting to be here today, and it's great to welcome you uh, if it's your first time here this morning as well. We're going to uh, do something. I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to cut into a, a, a short series that we've been looking at on the theme of reset. But this morning, I want to just just take up a different theme just for this morning as we're together um, on prayer life. And life is prayer. And I'm just going to just take one message just this morning to just uh, deal with that, that thought. Um, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. There's a deluge. There's a deluge coming. We've been saying that towards Christmas and at the beginning of the year. Uh, I wrote about it in uh, our vision report you know, a few months back. Um, don't be surprised if you feel the presence of God. As soon as you, in your heart, begin to turn your heart towards God, then you, you feel the heartbeat of God. And so uh, it, it's, it's, as, it's as simple as that. We've been talking about this as a church. And uh, the, the two on the road to Emmaus said, were not our hearts strangely warmed? Why? Because Jesus appeared to them, spoke to them, they drew close to him, their hearts were drawn. So in the morning, it's not just a great feeling, but God is here. But we're drawing our hearts to him, and he draws us to him. And uh, we've been really excited. We are, I mean, we are, I'm excited. We are excited as a church at doing the prayer course. If you, if you, you might hear us talking about it, Andrew talking about it, in our life groups, we're, 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 there's a, a sort of a six or seven week journey. And you, I know your heart can sink when you think, oh, prayer course. But this is different. Every life group leader that I meet and speak to and different members say, this is great. This is inspiring. This is light. This is really good. This is contemporary. This is challenging me. This is inspiring me. I've been surprised by some of the people that have said that. I've got to be honest. It's that, that good. And uh, it, it's come at a time when we were already saying, God is here. Uh, we're, we're turning our hearts towards him. And so it's into that that I just want to just speak just for a few moments. If you have a Bible, you might like to turn to Colossians chapter 4. I'm going to take one verse, one simple verse, but it's an amazing verse. So it's Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. I'm reading from the NIV, and it's Paul's letter to the Colossians, and it's chapter 4 and verse 2. It reads like this. If you're reading in the NIV, it says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us. Paul encourages those Christians in a place called Colossia, uh, devote, and it's, it's just as true today, this will be just as true for you and I now, In the 21st century, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful, thankful, and then Paul says this, and pray for us. You know, the early disciples were impressed by Jesus' experience of God as his father. The thing that impressed those those early people in in those uh, 2,000 years ago was this man speaks like no other has spoke. He speaks with an authority. He seems to walk in a way because he's walking with someone so different. He He walked with God. He walked with his father. And eventually the early disciples observed and saw this and were impressed by how Jesus had an experience of God as his loving heavenly father. He had the heart of God and God had his heart. And they observed this in a continuous rhythm and routine. I spoke about this in Reset, this routine and rhythm that Jesus began to develop and showed his early disciples. It was, it was a rhythm and a routine of drawing aside to speak with his father. It's called praying. But prayer has got a big loaded term for us today. It can be hard work. 
It can feel like hard work at times. Uh, But he had this amazing rhythm, this amazing routine of life. And it wasn't just a routine. It was a a rhythm of life as he spoke and heard and listened to his father. And he would go to the early hours. He'd go up a mountain. He'd draw aside. He'd go into a wilderness. He'd get on a boat. But he pulled away. And often pull away from the crowds and pull away from the adulation and the high and the roar to be close to his father and to hear his father, draw his heart to him and his father drew his heart and gave him heart and life. And and so much that they said, you'll be aware of this probably, one day the disciples said, teach us how to pray. They observed this so much in Jesus that there was this immense power, this immense love, this immense reality that was so different like anything they'd ever seen in any other religious leader or teacher that they said, teach us. How to pray. You know, 2,000 years of history in the Lord's Prayer. Some people call it the Our Father, Our Father in heaven. Or what in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But Jesus shared his inner heart and life and the secret of the heartbeat, the heart and life of his faith. And that's what I want to talk about just for a few moments this morning. Prayer, life. Life is prayer. If you come and look at the man called Paul... Um, who wrote most of the New Testament. A large part, you know, large part of the New Testament that you will have and you'll be reading is written by Paul the Apostle. An incredible man, an amazing man. You know, uh, that we have this inspired writing, uh, a large part of it. He was a church planter, an apostle, an evangelist, a writer, a pastor. He travelled all around the Mediterranean world when it was difficult to travel, when it was a challenge. When life was dangerous and it would take a long time. And yet, to immense and a miraculous effect, he's brought about the change of history through the power of Jesus in through his life. And uh, this same Paul observed something in these early disciples and being with Jesus that prayer was the heartbeat. Prayer is the pulsating heartbeat of a living faith. It's all in Paul's writings. And here we have Paul saying, that's what I want to get to. Here we have Paul saying now, devote yourselves to prayer and pray for me. Paul, um, in all of his writings, again and again and again, you'll find him encouraging believers to pray and pray for us. Pray for an open door. Seek God with all your heart. Open your heart. Again and again. You know, prayer is the pulsating heartbeat of a living faith. I'll say it again. Prayer, our prayer is, a, is our pulsating heartbeat for living faith. I don't know what sort of faith you want to possess, whether it's a, a, you know, a routine faith. <laughs> a bit of a chore, a bit of a, we've been talking about you know, how to turn things from a chore into a delight. But it's the pulsating heartbeat. This is why it's life. And this is why uh, Paul is now speaking, devote yourselves. It, literally, the translation set, literally means it. It doesn't just mean praying. Devote yourself to a prayer life, actually. The translation literally means there. You see, as we pray, we draw close to God. And we hear his heart. And uh, his heartbeat then enlivens our heart. And that's why. It's so important. That's why the disciples on the mayor said, were not our hearts leaping, jumping? Were they warmed? Were we set on fire? And it's as we pray, as we speak, as we listen, as we pause, as we take a moment, even if it's just a few moments, that it's the heartbeat, it's life, it's hope. 
So important. It's so important. There is a danger, and the danger is this, that um, rather than uh, prayer, prayer being um, an everyday conversation, and we'll talk about that in a moment, it can become like that glass box on the wall that says, break in case of emergency. You know, wherever you're on a bus or on a, if you travel the tube in London, you've ever been on the tube, break in case of emergency. You know, in, in that sense, it's, you know, sometimes it can be, we really do pray in the difficult times or the crisis time. And, and yet the Father, God our Father, the Holy Spirit, Jesus the Son, wants, wants a, a daily conversation. Prayer, daily prayer. But if we say daily prayer, it's, but daily conversation. That's so different, isn't it? It's so different. A man called F.B. Mayer, great writer, great pastor, great theologian, said this. The great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. The great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. A prayer conversation day by day. It's what Jesus did with his father. He saw so much in his life. Yes, he's the son of God, but he prayed. He was there. He was conversing. He was listening. He was speaking. This is why God moved. The father moved throughout his life. No wonder people said, he says things like no other. He does things like no one else. Wow, this is someone special. And eventually the penny did drop when they knew and understood he was the son of God. In 1952, Albert Einstein, the great, Mathematician, scientist, um, he was delivering a lecture at Princetown University. And a doctoral student um, uh, asked him uh, a, a question. He asked the famous scientist and he said this, What is there left in the world for original dissertation research? Einstein, brilliant mind. What is there left in the world for original dissertation research? He paused for thought for a moment or two ruminated that what, what, he, what he was asked, and then he replied. He said this. How about this? Listen, get ready for this. This is what he said to a doctoral student at Princetown University. This is what he said. Far, and the, uh, what's the next original dissertation? This is what he said. Find out about prayer. Somebody must find out about prayer. Wow. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And so here we find Paul writing to the Colossians, and he says three things. Look at them very carefully with me, and with this we'll move on quickly. Number one, he says, devote yourselves to a prayer life. When it says prayer there, it means not just pray. You notice it says don't devote yourself to praying. It says devote yourself to prayer. And the literal translation means a prayer life or a life of prayer, a living faith. Okay? Devote yourselves. The word devote there literally means to dedicate, to have persistence, to give care to. So when he says devote there to a life of prayer, something that's living, that's alive, he's basically saying this. You could translate that like this. Um, Dedicate yourself to a life of prayer. Come with persistence in a life of prayer. Give care to a life of prayer or a prayer life. Dedicate Persist, give care to. In other words, devote yourselves. It's a very powerful thing to say. Very powerful translation to bring devotion. Devote yourself. You know, I've been converted. I'm a dog lover. 
I, 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 you might say, I, you know, I became a Christian a long time ago. I was, I was never, in our family, never, ever would we have a dog. Never, never. My mum had pets. But I said to Helen and uh, my, uh, my, my daughter Hannah, no. They, for years, they've been asking, can we have a dog? Can we have a dog? I said, no, no, no. And, uh, and then they stitched me up and, and we went somewhere and we saw these be- this beautiful little cavapoo. And my heart melted and I said, all right then. And this last year... I, I am absolutely, I would never think I'd ever say this, I am, I'm, I'm converted to being a, a, a real dog lover. I'll tell you why. Our little dog Maggie, she's a little cavapoo, um, she's so devoted. I'm telling you something, it's incredible. She is so, she, she's so devoted to Helen. <laughs> <laughs> she makes do with me when Helen's not there, Right? But no, she, she's, she's beautiful. She's a, she is the, the breed, the nature of the breed is very loving, very loyal, very devoted, sticks to you like glue. I've told the story of how she leaned into me and that opened up a whole new thing about me. God saying, lean in. I've got a lean, leaning into devotion. It's leaning into God. Um, but you know, um, she, is, she, she loves to be near us and she comes again and again and again. She absolutely loves being near. It's the nature of this type of breed, you know, will jump up, sit on your lap like a cat would, and it would get close, nuzzle you, push you out the way. In the actual fact, she pushes me. Uh, you know, I'll let you into a little secret now. So when we're like, uh, so <laughs> when Helen and I are lying in bed at night, <laughs> I know. All right, keep, keep steady on. It's all, you're not going to get any more than that. But that's, well, when we're lying in bed at night, little Maggie will come up and she nuzzles me out the way. And she then, she gets close to Helen. I, I know, I do, I do, don't you worry. But she's so devoted. She, she loves to be near and she never tires again and again. And that's what devotion is. We love to be near, and we, we again and again and again. Because it sounds so tough, doesn't it? Oh, you need a prayer life. You've got to persist in your prayer life. Just forget that for a minute. Be devoted. Get close again and again and again. Draw near to God again and again and again. I tell you what, she's, our little cavapoo's taught me a thing or two. I tell you what. Dearie me. Devotion, you know, persist. And, and I'm not saying in this devotion, it's, it's not that you've got to spend all day and you've got to, well, we are saying get up at 6.30 for the boiler room, but I was going to say don't have to get up early. But, but um, it, when I say it's not all day, it's, it's, it's just don't give up. The word devotion means to dedicate, persist, come again and again, come again and again. You, you know, each day, it could be just a few moments each day, a few minutes each day, but again, every day you come again. That's what it means to persist. Not have about four hours in an emergency and then never again for the next, the next few months. The persistence there is again and again, even if it's just for a moment. Hey, let's not beat ourselves up. A man called George Muller George Muller established countless orphanages in the sort of uh, 18, 1840s, something like that. Uh, orphanages and schools, countless. Uh, he was a quite a remarkable man, a man of incredible faith, known for his prayer life. And he raised, through prayer, tens of thousands of pounds for orphanages and schools that he set up from scratch. There were hundreds of them. He was a spectacular man. If you read the biography, get hold of the biography of George Muller. Very interesting man. Anyway, through prayer, he raised 
thousands, tens of thousands. And this is what he had to say. He's got something to say about devotion. This is what he says. He says, It is a common temptation of Satan to make us give up the reading of the word and prayer when your enjoyment is gone. Listen to this. As if it were no use to read the scriptures when we do not enjoy them. And as if it were no use to pray when we have no spirit of prayer. The truth is that in order to enjoy the word, we ought to continue to read it. And the way to obtain a spirit of prayer is to continue praying. How about this? The less we read the word of God, the less we desire to read it. And the less we pray, the less we desire to pray it. Isn't that amazing? He's basically saying, come again and again and again. That's what it means to persist. Even if it's just for a few minutes each day. And I'll I'll mention that in a moment. So, devote, persist. You know, love to be near again and again and again. Uh, uh, Paul Yonggi Cho, do you know the, the largest church in the world, not as in building, but membership, attending congregation, is the Yoida Full Gospel Church in Seoul, South Korea. Um, to this day, it's somewhere in the region of 600,000 people attend that church. Attend! Yeah, it should, it should make us go, wow. It's phenomenal. And this is what Yonggi Cho said about, he was asked um, back, in the, back in the mid-1980s when the church was really taking off. It was only about two or 300,000 at the time, but uh, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's incredible. It, it, it's, it's, it, it, Korea is a force of the spirit and a force of nature. It's got all the biggest churches in the world of all denominations. He was asked, what causes the church in Seoul to grow, in Seoul, the capital? And this is what he said. And I've quoted this on many a time, and it's, it's stuck with me. He, says, he said this, um, You could remove the powerful preaching from our church, and it would still continue. You could remove the administration and pastoral care through small groups, and the church would still continue. But if you removed the prayer life of our church, it would collapse. I think he must have some idea about the prayer life, and life is prayer, isn't he? It's incredible heartbeat of our lives and our life is hearing and speaking with the father second thing that you see there is paul says um be devoted to a prayer life and then he goes on to say being watchful and that shared this morning about watch and see okay being watchful he says that jesus would often say to his disciples keep watch watch and pray stay awake be alert Again and again, Jesus would say, watch and pray. Watch, watch, look at the season. Look at the time. Be alert, be awake. And this is what he's basically saying. Paul is saying, be alive, be alert, be awake in your prayer, in your listening and speaking to God day by day, again and again and again. He's saying there, be alive, be alert, be awake. Wake up, O sleeper. Arise from the dead. Jesus is the life bringer, the life giver. He is the life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He wants us to be alive. He wants us to be alive in our faith, alive in our Christian walk. Um, In other words, um, put your heart and soul into it. You could say, be passionate, but be alive. 
You know, we can have routine prayers and relational prayers, can't we? You know, you know, routine prayer might be giving thanks at the dinner table. Thanks today for this food, uh, for the hands that have made it. Uh, bless everybody here. Amen. I've just rattled that off. And if I'm not careful, that can be a bit routine And if we're not careful, our prayer life can be routine And then it becomes tiny-weeny. If it's routine it gets very small. I know I'm in my own life. I'm speaking out my own experience. Honestly, when it's routine my prayer life becomes tiny-weeny because it doesn't feel very much. But when it's relational, ah, that's a different realm. We enter a different place. We enter the heartbeat of God. And this is uh, what Jesus did. He, he, he was relational. And this made his prayers alive. See, routine makes it tiny-weeny. And we don't, we, you know, we don't feel very much. But if we're relational, speaking to our Father, telling it, we love you. I, w- I want to be loved by you. If I relate, conver- relational and conversational. Um, some years ago, we, we, we as a church, we looked at a series called Master Life, which was a discipleship. And about 30 to 40 people in church went through this discipleship sort of uh, journey, we called it. And um, anyone that did that, we were encouraged to, to, for conversational prayer, develop conversational prayer. And... Um, what, what, what do you mean? Well, we, we stir up passion. We stir up. Listen to what Muller said. Don't give up. Continue. Continue, even if you don't feel. But we stir up heart. We stir up a passion. We stir up a fire through um, continual conversational prayer. This is what's worked for me in the, in the last number of years. Each day. Um, it's conversational prayers each day and any time. Not just in the moments of great concern or cause or, or a meeting. If we say we're going to pray, well, I'm going to, be, I'm going to come to, you know, we're, we're calling people to the boiler room and I understand that we're meeting together. But our prayers, as soon as we say pray, we can think, oh, meeting, a cause, pray about this, or a concern, I'm worried about that. But if we can take a step back from that a moment, conversational is every day, anytime, anywhere, with our Father. Don't have to wait for a meeting. Don't have to wait for a concern. And this, to me, has transformed my heart life and is transforming and changing my heart life with the Father. And look, um, so what I would say is, so for me, I can be out walking. You know, this is where our Maggie loves me. I take her for walks yeah, quite quite a bit. Not solely. I do, I do a few of them. We, we share it out. But um, if I'm out walking early in the morning and while it's nicer like that's for me it's every day in the morning I'll have a conversation with the father it's amazing it, honestly it's really amazing just a few moments just a few minutes but it's changing I'm feeling his heart how about if you're driving and you're driving along and uh, why don't you have a conversation with Jesus that's prayer uh, how, how about uh, you're listening to, 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 to uh, uh, you know, a worship CD or, 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 or you're streaming uh, m- 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 music on your, your Amazon dot, whatever it is, and you're listening to uh, Bethel. 
you know, while, while you're in the kitchen and, uh, you, you, you can, and, and you're doing the dinner or whatever it is. You, you can have a conversation. I'm, I'm not trying to be too basic. You can have a conversation with Father out of, out of worship, I find. Um, if, when I'm reading, if I'm reading the Bible, I'm reading the New Testament, I find that I can have a conversation. This jumping out the page, this does, I don't understand. This, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Father. I want to be closer to you. What I'm saying is every day, in every way, at any time, for any length of time, how long or short, have a conversation. And I'm not being fickle or flippant. But as you begin to do that, something amazing begins to happen. We're not our hearts strangely warmed. When we gather together, immediately we feel the presence of God. It's not by chance that the Holy Spirit is moving in our, in our worship. And, uh, and uh, yeah, enough said. Hey, come on. God is good. Final one. So be alive, be alert, be, be conversational. Um, you know, come to it with, with relational prayer rather than routine. Uh, so it won't be teeny-weeny. It'll, it'll be something that grows in your heart. And, and finally, third thing and final thing that I want to say, he says there, so he says, be devoted, be watchful. Then the, the final third thing he says there is be thankful with thanksgiving. Do you notice that? It's there um, in, in the verse. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful. So devote, watchful, and thankful, and pray for us. Thanksgiving. It's not just asking, but also adoring. When we converse, when we talk, when we pray, when we're speaking and listening with the Father God, Holy Spirit, and Jesus, we're not just asking him, please give us that, please bring a breakthrough for this, please bless them, but it's how good you are, how how gracious you've been. And that's what begins to birth thanks. Adoring as well as asking. You know, adoration um, changes my attitude. As we begin to adore, uh, and asking's not wrong. Asking has its place, so we're not saying it's not right, right in prayer. But adoring, thanking. This is why Paul says, with thanksgiving. Again and again, he, he says it all throughout the letter to the Philippians, which is a very challenging period of his life. But you're, you're here in Colossians, he's saying the same thing. With thanksgiving. Paul is consistent across the board with prayer and thanksgiving. He, they're always together, always together with Paul. And uh, that, because adoration transforms attitude. You know, when we thanks, when we come with thanksgiving in our conversational prayers, then it transforms the mind and tethers the heart. Two things happen. Number one, our transformation of the mind begins to come. Uh, um, We're not just about being positive, uh, like a positive psychology, but Paul is about being adoring of God, being thankful of God. It it transforms the mind. your, Your outlook your attitude, your outlook, your look on life just, just, just changes. You think, well, where's that coming from? Because God is being formed in you. It's what be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, so uh, adoration in thanksgiving transformed the mind, but not only does it transform the mind. It has two added benefits. Transforms the mind, but, um, but also, don't look at that on the screen for just for a moment or two. Um, well, that's the close. Um, it, it tethers the heart. It tethers, it ties our hearts to his heart. Adoration, thanksgiving, brings about a transformation in the way we think, but also a transformation in the way that we feel. It tethers the heart. Adoration draws us to God and does something most remarkable, irresistibly draws God towards you and I. It tethers, it ties us together. 
your heart is changed. And so, this is why Paul then says, to sum it all up, he says, devote yourselves to prayer um, with being watchful and thankful. And we'll have a life, because prayer is life, and life is prayer. I want to encourage you. Um, something that, that has come out of the prayer course is this, and with this we're close. And this is a challenge now. Challenge for me, and you can take what you want with this, but I'm going to throw out a challenge to us, for us all. And a big challenge, and I, I'm doing this challenge myself. And the challenge is this. Um, 31 days of conversational prayer. Uh, at the end of this morning, I'm just going to give, uh, I'm gonna, we'll, we'll give them out. We don't have to take them if you don't want one. But it's, a, it's just a calendar for March. And it has nothing, not going to tell you what to pray for. Not going to tell you how to pray. No, we, all it is, is that it, it, it's interesting. If you can have conversational, again, again. And every time you have a conversation, you have a prayer, you just tick the box. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Well, interesting. In the prayer course, one of the things that we, we, we've been looking at is this idea of pray. Have a look. It comes up on the screen. And this is, this is the only thing I'd encourage. Um, over the next, so over the month of March, which is, covers the period of Lent, basically, which is the boiler room, our boiler room prayer is during the period of Lent on a Tuesday morning, okay? But for you to take away and for me to take away in my own life, to encourage conversational prayer, that's listening and speaking to God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit each day for 31 days, is to take this little um, calendar and to follow this. Um, Pete, Peter Gregg, Pete Gregg in the prayer course says pray. You'll see it up on the screen. Pause, rejoice, ask, yield. This is the only thing I'd encourage is each day for 31 days at some point Forever, how long or how short you want to do this, it's entirely up to you, whether you're walking the dog, listening to some music, washing up, driving in the car, whatever you're doing, I don't know, well, you're on the way to college or uni or whatever it is, uh, you're on your lunch break at work, whatever it might be, is take a moment, pause. That's the P of prayer. It makes, make a moment, in other words, by, by, by ticking it off on the calendar, it's a little rudimentary thing, but You've been intentional about it. Make a moment. Pause. Do something. Uh, second thing is rejoice. Adore. Thank. How good you are. God, you're good. You know, I have breath and life. Family and home. Uh, uh, you, 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 you're the life giver. Just begin to speak to God. Just for a few moments. Ask is the A. Is the a P, 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 R. Ask of, of prayer. You know, you may have something on your heart. That you, I want to draw close to you. Help me draw closer to you. Oh, there's a family member that's drawn away. But maybe that's what you... Yield the why of prayer. I give, I'm going to give my will. Let your will be done. I'm giving you my life today. Do you know what? In a couple of minutes, you can pray. You can pause. You can rejoice. You can ask. You can yield. A couple of minutes each day. I suggest... That over the next 31 days, if there's a corporate experience of this, we will have a revival, a transformation. I suggest to you, you will have personal heart alive, whatever that means to you. I don't know what it means to you, but I, I, I would suggest to you, I would suggest to you, that's what it will be. 
Cool. There we go. 10 2. That's good, isn't it? Let's stop. Let's stop there. Let's, let's pray. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. We're going to conclude this morning. I'm going to be standing at the door. Can I just say, if you don't take one of these out of my hand, don't worry. They're going to be left at the side for you to take. And uh, I won't get all funny with you if you don't take one. I'll, I will speak to you again. Because <laughs> I've got to. I'm your pastor. No, no, no. I will. And it, it, won't, it, won't, it won't, makes no difference to me. The difference to me is that I'm doing this. So I've got one of these and I will be doing this, right? But it's, we're not legalistic about it. But, but I, I have an expectation and we're, we're really excited at, at, at what God is just stirring in the heart of hearts and spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the living God. That We thank you that you are God of grace and mercy, kindness, goodness and love. And you have a routine. You have a rhythm where you shower me again and again and again and again. And when I've walked away from you, you've never given up on me. Wow. We just want to say thank you for that this morning. And so likewise, we want to come to you again and again and again and again. And may we find a journey of excitement, of joy, of love, of grace, of mercy, of your pleasure and your presence over this next few months of just seeking to live and follow you. And as Pastor Andrew said, we're on a pilgrimage. Those that set their hearts to follow and love you and follow you know your presence. And so help us this day as we give our hearts and lives to you afresh. And, you know, the challenges that we face, the very full lives, the big agendas, the many things that press into us. We just want to give you our lives today and, 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 and maybe the worries or even the upsets and sickness that can press our lives at times. We just want to give you our lives and we say, help us as we give you our hearts and lives in Jesus, your beautiful, wonderful name we pray. Amen.